Chapter twenty three of The Social Cancer, a complete English version of Noli Me Tangere from the Spanish of Jose Rizal by Charles Derbyshire. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avaí in December two thousand eleven. Chapter twenty three Fishing. The stars still glittered in the sapphire arch of heaven, and the birds were still sleeping among the branches, when a merry party, lighted by torches of resin, commonly called uepes, made its way through the streets toward the lake. There were five girls who walked along rapidly with hands clasped or arms encircling one another's waists, followed by some old women and by servants who were carrying gracefully on their heads baskets of food and dishes looking upon the laughing and hopeful countenances of the young women and watching the wind blow about their abundant black hair and the wide folds of their garments we might have taken them for goddesses of the night fleeing from the day did we not know that they were maria clara and her four friends the merry sinang the grave victoria the beautiful idai and the thoughtful neneng of modest and timid beauty they were conversing in a lively manner, laughing and pinching one another, whispering in one another's ears, and then breaking out into loud laughter. "'You'll wake up the people who are still asleep,' Aunt Isabel scolded. "'When we were young we didn't make so much disturbance.' "'Neither would you get up so early, nor would the old folks have been such sleepy heads,' retorted little Sinang. They were silent for a short time, then tried to talk in low tones, but soon forgot themselves and again filled the street with their fresh young voices. "'Behave as if you were displeased, and don't talk to him,' Sinang was advising Maria Clara. "'Scold him so he won't get into bad habits.' "'Don't be so exacting,' objected Idai. "'Be exacting.' Don't be foolish. He must be made to obey while he's only engaged, for after he's your husband he'll do as he pleases, counselled little Sinang. What do you know about that, child? Her cousin Victoria corrected her. Sst! Keep quiet, for here they come. A group of young men, lighting their way with large bamboo torches, now came up, marching gravely along to the sound of a guitar. It sounds like a beggar's guitar, laughed Sinang. When the two parties met, it was the women who maintained a serious and formal attitude, just as if they had never known how to laugh, while on the other hand, the men talked and laughed, asking six questions to get half an answer. Is the lake calm? Do you think we'll have good weather? asked the mothers. Don't be alarmed, ladies. I know how to swim well answered a tall, thin, emaciated youth. "'We ought to have heard mass first, sighed Aunt Isabel, clasping her hands. "'There's yet time, ma'am. Albino has been a theological student in his day, and can say it in the boat,' remarked another youth, pointing to the tall, thin one who had first spoken. The latter, who had a clownish countenance, threw himself into an attitude of contrition, caricaturing Padre Salvi. Ibarra, though he maintained his serious demeanour, also joined in the merriment. 
when they arrived at the beach they are involuntarily escaped from the women exclamations of surprise and pleasure at the sight of two large bankas fastened together and picturesquely adorned with garlands of flowers leaves and ruined cotton of many colours little paper lanterns hung from an improvised canopy amid flowers and fruits comfortable seats with rugs and cushions for the women had been provided by ibarra even the paddles and oars were decorated while in the most profusely decorated banka were a harp guitars accordions and a trumpet made from a carabao horn in the other banka fires burned on the grey calanes for preparing refreshments of tea coffee and salabat in this boat here the women and in the other there the men ordered the mothers upon embarking keep quiet don't move about so or we'll be upset cross yourself first advised aunt isabel setting the example are we to be here all alone asked sinang with a grimace ourselves alone this question was opportunely answered by a pinch from her mother as the boats moved slowly away from the shore the light of the lanterns was reflected in the calm waters of the lake while in the eastern sky the first tints of dawn were just beginning to appear a deep silence reigned over the party after the division established by the mothers for the young people seemed to have given themselves up to meditation take care said albino the ex-theological student in a loud tone to another youth keep your foot tight on the plug under you what it might come out and let the water in this banka has a lot of holes in it oh we're going to sink cried the frightened women don't be alarmed ladies the ex-theological student reassured them to calm their fears the banka you are in is safe it has only five holes in it and they aren't large five holes jesus do you want to drown us exclaimed the horrified women not more than five ladies and only about so large the ex-theological student assured them indicating the circle formed with his index finger and thumb press hard on the plugs so that they won't come out maria santissima the water's coming in cried an old woman who felt herself already getting wet there now arose a small tumult some screamed while others thought of jumping into the water Press hard on the plugs there, repeated Albino, pointing toward the place where the girls were. Where? Where? Dios! We don't know how. For pity's sake, come here, for we don't know how, begged the frightened women. It was accordingly necessary for five of the young men to get over into the other banka to calm the terrified mothers. But by some strange chance it seemed that there was danger by the side of each of the dalagas, all the old ladies together did not have a single dangerous hole near them still more strange it was that ibarra had to be seated by the side of maria clara albino beside victoria and so on quiet was restored among the solicitous mothers but not in the circle of the young people as the water was perfectly still the fish corals not far away and the hour yet early it was decided to abandon the oars so that all might partake of some refreshment dawn had now come so the lanterns were extinguished there is nothing to compare with salabat drunk in the morning before going to mass said capitana tika mother of the merry sinang 
drink some salabat and eat a rice cake albino and you'll see that even you will want to pray that's what i'm doing answered the youth addressed i'm thinking of confessing myself no said sinang drink some coffee to bring merry thoughts i will at once because i feel a trifle sad don't do that advised aunt isabel drink some tea and eat a few crackers they say that tea calms one's thoughts i'll also take some tea and crackers answered the complacent youth since fortunately none of these drinks is catholicism but can you victoria began drink some chocolate also well i guess so since breakfast is not so far off the morning was beautiful the water began to gleam with the light reflected from the sky with such clearness that every object stood revealed without producing a shadow a bright fresh clearness permeated with colour such as we get a hint of in some marine paintings all were now merry as they breathed in the light breeze that began to arise even the mothers so full of cautions and warnings now laughed and joked among themselves do you remember one old woman was saying to capitana tika do you remember the time we went to bathe in the river before we were married in little boats made from banana stalks there drifted down with the current fruits of many kinds and fragrant flowers the little boats had banners on them and each of us could see her name on one of them and when we were on our back home added another without letting her go on we found the bamboo bridges destroyed and so we had to wade the brooks the rascals yes i know that i chose rather to let the borders of my skirt get wet than to uncover my feet said capitana tika for i knew that in the thickets on the bank there were eyes watching us some of the girls who heard these reminiscences winked and smiled while the others were so occupied with their own conversations that they took no notice one man alone he who performed the duty of pilot remained silent and removed from all the merriment he was a youth of athletic build and striking features with large sad eyes and compressed lips his black hair long and unkempt fell over a stout neck a dark striped shirt afforded a suggestion through its folds of the powerful muscles that enabled the vigorous arms to handle as if it were a pen the wide and unwieldy paddle which served as a rudder for steering the two bankas maria clara had more than once caught him looking at her but on such occasions he had quickly turned his gaze toward the distant mountain or the shore the young woman was moved with pity at his loneliness and offered him some crackers the pilot gave her a surprised stare which however lasted for only a second he took a cracker and thanked her briefly in a scarcely audible voice after this no one paid any more attention to him the sallies and merry laughter of the young folks caused not the slightest movement in the muscles of his face even the merry sinang did not make him smile when she received pinchings that caused her to wrinkle up her eyebrows for an instant only to return to her former merry mood the lunch over they proceeded on their way toward the fish corals of which there were two situated near each other both belonging to capitan tiago 
from afar were to be seen some herons perched in contemplative attitude on the tops of the bamboo posts while a number of white birds which the tagalogs call kalavai flew about in different directions skimming the water with their wings and filling the air with shrill cries at the approach of the bankas the herons took to flight and maria clara followed them with her gaze as they flew in the direction of the neighbouring mountain do those birds build their nests on the mountain she asked the pilot not so much from a desire to know as for the purpose of making him talk probably they do senora he answered but no one up to this time has ever seen their nests don't they have nests i suppose they must have them otherwise they would be very unfortunate maria clara did not notice the tone of sadness with which he uttered these words then it is said senora answered the strange youth that the nests of those birds are invisible and that they have the power of rendering invisible anyone who possesses one of them just as the soul can only be seen in the pure mirror of the eyes so also in the mirror of the water alone can their nests be looked upon maria clara became sad and thoughtful meanwhile they had reached the first fish coral and an aged boatman tried the craft to a post wait called aunt isabel to the son of the fisherman who was getting ready to climb upon the platform of the coral with his panalok or fish-net fastened on the end of a stout bamboo pole we must get the sinigang ready so that the fish may pass at once from the water into the soup kind aunt isabel exclaimed the ex-theological student she doesn't want the fish to miss the water for an instant Andeng, maria clara's foster-sister in spite of her carefree and happy face enjoyed the reputation of being an excellent cook so she set about preparing a soup of rice and vegetables helped and hindered by some of the young men eager perhaps to win her favour the other young women all busied themselves in cutting up and washing the vegetables in order to divert the impatience of those who were waiting to see the fishes taken alive and wriggling from their prison the beautiful idai got out the harp for idai not only played well on that instrument but besides she had very pretty fingers the young people applauded and maria clara kissed her for the harp is the most popular instrument in that province and was especially suited to this occasion sing the hymn about marriage begged the old woman the men protested and victoria who had a fine voice complained of hoarseness the hymn of marriage is a beautiful tagalog chant in which are set forth the cares and sorrows of the married state yet not passing over its joys they then asked maria clara to sing but she protested that all her songs were sad ones this protest however was overruled so she held back no longer taking the harp she played a short prelude and then sang in a harmonious and vibrating voice full of feeling sweet are the hours in one native's land where all is dear the sunbeams bless life-giving breezes sweep the strand and death is softened by love's caress warm kisses play on mother's lips on her fond tender breast awaking when round her neck the soft arm slips and bright eyes smile all love partaking 
sweet is death for one's native land where all is dear the sunbeams bless dead is the breeze that sweeps the strand without a mother home or love's caress the song ceased the voice died away the harp became silent and they still listened no one applauded the young women felt their eyes fill with tears and ibarra seemed to be unpleasantly affected the youthful pilot stared motionless into the distance suddenly a thundering roar was heard such that the women screamed and covered their ears it was the ex-theological student blowing with all the strength of his lungs on the tambuli or carabao horn laughter and cheerfulness returned while tear-dimmed eyes brightened are you trying to deafen us you heretic cried aunt isabel madam replied the offender gravely i once heard of a poor trumpeter on the banks of the rhine who by playing on his trumpet won in marriage a rich and noble maiden that's right the trumpeter of suckingen exclaimed ibarra unable to resist taking part in the renewed merriment do you hear that went on albino now i want to see if i can't have the same luck so saying he began to blow with even more force into the resounding horn holding it close to the ears of the girls who looked saddest as might be expected a small tumult arose and the mothers finally reduced him to silence by beating him with their slippers and pinching him my oh my he complained as he felt of his smarting arms what a distance there is between the philippines and the banks of the rhine oh tempora oh mores some are given honours and others sanbenitos all laughed at this even the grave victoria while sinang she of the smiling eyes whispered to maria clara happy girl i too would sing if i could andeng at length announced that the soup was ready to receive its guests so the young fisherman climbed up into the pen placed at the narrower end of the coral over which might be written for the fishes where they be able to read and understand italian lasciate ogni speranza voi ci entrante for no fish that gets in there is ever released except by death this division of the coral encloses a circular space so arranged that a man can stand on a platform in the upper part and draw the fish out with a small net i shouldn't get tired fishing there with a pole and line commented sinang trembling with pleasant anticipation all were now watching and some even began to believe that they saw the fishes wriggling about in the net and showing their glittering scales but when the youth lowered his net not a fish leaped up it must be full whispered albino for it has been over five days now since it was visited the fisherman drew in his net but not even a single little fish adorned it the water as it fell back in glittering drops reflecting the sunlight seemed to mock his efforts with a silvery smile an exclamation of surprise displeasure and disappointment escaped from the lips of all again the youth repeated the operation but with no better result you don't understand your business said albino climbing up into the pen of the coral and taking the net from the youth's hands now you'll see and then get the pot ready but apparently albino did not understand the business either for the net again came up empty 
all broke out into laughter at him. "'Don't make so much noise that the fish can hear and so not let themselves be caught. This net must be torn.' But on examination all the meshes of the net appeared to be intact. "'Give it to me,' said Leon, Ide's sweetheart. He assured himself that the fence was in good condition, examined the net, and, being satisfied with it, asked, "'Are you sure that it hasn't been visited for five days?' "'Very sure. The last time was on the eve of all saints.' "'Well, then, either the lake is enchanted, or I'll draw up something.' Leon then dropped the pole into the water, and instantly astonishment was pictured on his countenance. Silently he looked off toward the mountain and moved the pole about in the water, then, without raising it, murmured in a low voice, "'A caiman!' "'A caiman!' repeated everyone, as the word ran from mouth to mouth in the midst of fright and general surprise. "'What did you say?' they asked him. "'I say that we're caught a caiman,' Leon assured them, and as he dropped the heavy end of the pole into the water, he continued, "'Don't you hear that sound? That's not sand, but a tough hide, the back of a caiman. Don't you see how the posts shake?' He's pushing against them, even though he's all rolled up. Wait, he's a big one. His body is almost a foot or more across. What shall we do? was the question. Catch him, prompted someone. Heavens! And who'll catch him? No one offered to go down into the trap, for the water was deep. We ought to tie him to our bunker and drag him along in triumph, suggested Sinang. The idea of his eating the fish that we were going to eat. I have never yet seen a live caiman, murmured Maria Clara. The pilot arose, picked up a long rope, and climbed nimbly up on the platform, where Leon made room for him. With the exception of Maria Clara, no one had taken any notice of him, but now all admired his shapely figure. To the great surprise of all, and in spite of their cries, he leaped down into the enclosure. "'Take this knife!' called Crisostomo to him, holding out a wide Toledo blade, but already the water was splashing up in a thousand jets and the depths closed mysteriously. "'Jesus Maria and José!' exclaimed the old woman. "'We're going to have an accident!' "'Don't be uneasy, ladies,' said the old boatman, "'for if there is anyone in the province who can do it, he is the man. What's his name? they asked. We call him the pilot, and he's the best I've ever seen, only he doesn't like the business. The water became disturbed, then broke into ripples. The fence shook, a struggle seemed to be going on in the depths. All were silent and hardly breathed. Ibarra grasped the handle of the sharp knife convulsively. Now the struggle seemed to be at an end, and the head of the youth appeared to be greeted with joyful cries. The eyes of the old women filled with tears. The pilot climbed up with one end of the rope in his hand, and once on the platform began to pull on it. The monster soon appeared above the water, with the rope tied in a double band around its neck and underneath its front legs. It was a large one, as Leon had said, speckled, and on its back grew the green moss which is to the caimans what grey hairs are to men. 
roaring like a bull and beating its tail against or catching hold of the sides of the coral it opened its huge jaws and showed its long sharp teeth the pilot was hoisting it alone for no one had thought to assist him once out of the water and resting on the platform he placed his foot upon it and with his strong hands forced its huge jaws together and tried to tie its snout with stout knots with a last effort the reptile arched its body struck the floor with its powerful tail and jerking free hurled itself with one leap into the water outside the coral dragging its captor along with it a cry of horror broke from the lips of all but like a flash of lightning another body shot into the water so quickly that there was hardly time to realize that it was ibarra maria clara did not swoon only for the reason that the filipino women do not yet know how to do so the anxious watchers saw the water become colored and dyed with blood the young fisherman jumped down with his bolo in his hand and was followed by his father but they had scarcely disappeared when Chrysostomo and the pilot reappeared, clinging to the dead body of the reptile, which had the whole length of its white belly slit open, and a knife still sticking in its throat. To describe the joy were impossible, as a dozen arms reached out to drag the young man from the water. The old women were beside themselves between laughter and prayers. Andeng forgot that her sinigang had boiled over three times, spilling the soup and putting out the fire. The only one who could say nothing was Maria Clara. Ibarra was uninjured, while the pilot had only a slight scratch on his arm. "'I owe my life to you,' said the letter to Ibarra, who was wrapping himself up in blankets and cloths. The pilot's voice seemed to have a note of sadness in it. You are too daring, answered Ibarra. Don't tempt fate again. If you had not come up again, murmured the still pale and trembling Maria Clara. If I had not come up and you had followed me, replied Ibarra, completing the thought in his own way, in the bottom of the lake I should still have been with my family. He had not forgotten that there lay the bones of his father. The old women did not want to visit the other coral, but wished to return, saying that the day had begun inauspiciously, and that many more accidents might occur. "'All because we didn't hear mass,' sighed one. "'But what accident has befallen us, ladies? The Cayman seems to have been the only unlucky one.' "'All of which proves,' concluded the ex-student of theology, that in all its sinful life this unfortunate reptile has never attended mass at least i've never seen him among the many other caymans that frequent the church so the boats were turned in the direction of the other coral and andeng had to get her sinigang ready again the day was now well advanced with a fresh breeze blowing the waves curled up behind the body of the cayman raising mountains of foam whereon the smooth rich sunlight glitters as the poet says. The music again resounded. Idai played on the harp, while the men handled the accordions and guitars with greater or less skill. The prize-winner was Albino, who actually scratched the instruments, getting out of tune and losing the time every moment, or else forgetting it and changing to another tune entirely different. 
the second coral was visited with some misgivings as many expected to find there the mate of the dead cayman but nature is ever a jester and the nets came up full at each hall aunt isabel superintended the sorting of the fish and ordered that some be left in the trap for decoys it's not lucky to empty the coral completely she concluded then they made their way toward the shore near the forest of old trees that belonged to ibarra there in the shade by the clear waters of the brook among the flowers they ate their breakfast under improvised canopies the space was filled with music while the smoke from the fires curled up in slender wreaths the water bubbled cheerfully in the hot dishes as though uttering sounds of consolation or perchance of sarcasm and irony to the dead fishes the body of the cayman writhed about sometimes showing its torn white belly and again its speckled greenish back while man nature's favorite went on his way undisturbed by what the brahmins and vegetarians would call so many cases of fratricide end of chapter twenty three